0: Welcome to the Hope Connection Radio Show, brought to you by Bishop Harry Jackson and the Hope Christian Church family. Today's message is sure to transform your life and touch your soul. Let's listen in to this powerful teaching by Bishop Jackson, already in progress. On the count of three, can we read it together? This is King James Version. One, two, three. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know. Whom thou wilt send with me? Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said... My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is Goest with us, so shall we be spared, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for grace and by name. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. There's a method to our madness. What we want to do this day is really take a look at these amazing passages of Scripture. Exodus chapter 32, the chapter before this, we find that Moses has been dealing with an issue of rebellion among the people. When Moses went up to spend time with God in the presence of the Lord, and he's up there fellowshiping and communion communing with God, when he came back, the people were doing some crazy stuff. Anybody know what they were doing? They had made another god out of the gold that they had gotten from the Egyptians. Remember that the Egyptians, as they were leaving town, were asked, demanded of them that they give them certain things. And so they got a bunch of riches, and they were set in order, and they moved forward. And when Moses disappeared, and they didn't have access to the god of Moses, They decided that they would make their own God. This is a picture of things in our world, sometimes when we are not focused in the right way. We take the things that God has blessed us with, and we misuse them. That's why this year, first, we're going to talk about his presence, rediscovering his presence. You know, Jesus said, on these two laws hang all the law and the prophets. That is, that vertical dimension where we are loving God, the horizontal dimension where we learn how to relate to each other, and then I believe it's all about stewardship, what we do with what we have. Your values are seen through how you and I use our money, and in many cases, God is able to reduce and release the miraculous of breakthrough and blessing for us if we show him integrity in our stewardship. But this is interesting. After they make a golden calf, Moses comes down. God basically wants to wipe him out. On the top of your Bible, uh, if you, in chapter 33 and 32, some of your Bibles will have some kind of label that says uh, intercession. And the idea that Moses begins to cry out to God and essentially says, hey, God, stop. Don't wipe them out. Don't kill him. And if they got to be wiped out, take me instead. I'd rather die than have them wiped out. And then the Lord says, okay, go, okay, go ahead. And essentially, though, he is making an intercessory bid and in prayer. God is basically receiving the words of Moses. And Moses saying, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. And he's going to give us some reasons why this is important. If you were to take the time to read chapter 34, you would also find that there is a powerful declaration that God gives about the need for exclusivity of worship. In other words, I don't want you worshiping some God out there, some power of the universe, some spiritual dimension. I want you to worship me and me alone. I need to have fidelity in this relationship. And so this is the backdrop against which this selected reading has come. So let's look at the lessons from Moses, if you would, on, point, on page two here. Point two, the presence of the Lord was their primary distinctive, or was the primary distinctive, if you will, of his covenant people. Moses was saying, what makes us different is that you are with us. What makes us different is we have been marked with your presence. I wonder if the world around us knows who we are. I wonder if they can tell that we are called by his name. What we need to be able to do, what we want to have faith to receive, is a revelation that he has promised his presence, and he wants to be present with us. By the presence of his spirit. Point B, his presence would bring power, protection, and what else did we find in this passage? I'll give you a hint, it's in verse 14. He'll give what? I heard two people say it. God says that he will give us rest. His presence shall go with us, and he will give us rest. His presence would bring power, protection, and rest. The rest of God is the blessing of the manifested presence of God. It's the peace of God on the inside. It's God's power, authority, and ability working in our lives. God is simply saying your life may look like it's messed up or precarious, but if you have my presence, that's really all you need. My presence will be a centering dimension in your life, that will progressively lead you to where you need to be. A few weeks ago, we shared with you, we talked a little bit, and I'm not a scientist, so y'all bear with me. I got some very smart scientific and mathematical folk who are sitting out there. and uh, But I talked about the fact that God is everywhere and that in a certain manner of thinking, we can think about God as being... Uh, the humidity or the humidity factor in our atmosphere, that there's a certain amount of moisture everywhere. We hear that on the news, don't we? And they're always telling us about the weather and such and such percent, humidity, and folk are trying to tell us the chance. We really listen this winter, aren't we, how much likelihood there is for precipitation. Around this time of year, the precipitation, it may not be just having a little bit of rain, but it could be snow and ice and all kinds of things. So it matters when that, that, that water potential, that humidity in the atmosphere manifests into dew or to rain or to snow. And we have a relationship with God where God is everywhere around us, but what we need is we need to know when God and how God's going to manifest in our world. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was seen as a pillar of, of and a cloud, a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by the daytime. It was a physical manifestation of God's presence. God wants to be with us right now by his spirit, and he wants to be able to move us, guide us, lead us, and we have to have faith for his presence What was at risk in the intercession that Moses was having before God was that God was about to just shake it off and say, I'll see you from a distance. I'm going to be watching over you, but I'm not going to be working right there closely with you. How many know that we need him? We need the Lord to be with us and among us. Point C in your notes is, can we experience The manifest presence of God in prayer and in praise and in worship would be what you want to write there. Can we? Sure we can. But we need to do it intentionally. Every song that's sung does not bring us into the presence of God. There's a lot of religiosity in church that really is all about us and not about him, We can have the smells, the bells, the rings, the whistles, emotionalism instead of devotion. We can have many things instead of and substitute for the presence of God. What would do us well this year is for us to begin with an appetite and a hunger to encounter the living God, to have an experience with God, the like of which we haven't had in recent years, What would be great for us is for us to meet him in a powerful way and that transforming power lead us on so that we can look back even in a couple of months and say, hey, I'm growing, I'm going, I'm moving with God. So point D, I've already explained about what Moses did for his nation. What I want to do in these next... Part of the message is simply take you through some scriptures. I'm going to rapid fire explain my thinking about some of these points. I won't be able to get to everything. So you're going to be able to go back and study this week especially. What we want to do is we want to build faith for the presence of God. Faith comes by hearing, yes, and we can't hear unless we read, we receive, we understand, we're encountered by God, what if, I had to think about this, what if these next two years or so, we had to just leave an enduring legacy, where would we begin, where would we build, and how would we take all of us at different levels in God into a different, higher dimension of understanding so that we could shake mountains, do magnificent things? The year of conquest, this year is a year, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, is being lived out, a time and a place where everything works, where God has set us in the midst of difficult situations. Some of us have been pressed and tested personally beyond measure. Some of us are so happy that 2015 is over, we don't know what to do, hallelujah, glory to God. But what if now God says, I need for you to get ready. You're not going to have fewer battles, but every battle you fight as you carry my presence, you win. We talked New Year's Eve, and you may want to get the CD about the fact that in the book of Joshua, after Joshua chapter 7, it was not recorded one casualty in the taking of the land. Canaan represented the Israelites entering into their personal destinies. There were tribal territories family territories, individual plots for each family, the physicality, the physical locations that they entered into in Canaan represent their emblematic of the destiny that you and I are to enter into. And our problem is just like their problem, and that is that we have been assigned to a place that somebody else thinks they own. Our reward is in a Jurisdiction that somebody else feels like he or she's in charge of. And spirit forces and demonic entities are abiding and they feel like they can control those areas. But the reality is, as we're moving with God, God is going to lead us into victory. Let's look at point 2a. Amen. Honor and majesty are found in his presence strength and joy are found in his sanctuary first chronicles chapter 16 27 what in the world does that mean aren't these the same thing honor and majesty found where say it with me and strength and joy are found in his what so in the sanctuary you're going to find his presence and in his presence there's honor and majesty what's being said here is simply this the long-term benefit of walking in the presence of God, being sensitive to stewarding that presence, is that you will be crowned with honor and majesty. In other words, part of God's grace and glory and power is imparted to you, and you're going to be known as an honorable man or woman, and your life is going to be filled with supernatural majesty. Strength and joy are in a sanctuary. In other words, the first thing you're going to encounter as you learn to come, and I learn to come afresh into the presence of God, is I'm going to learn to find strength instead of weakness, joy instead of depression. And those things are the first download that I get. Do you need strength? Do you need joy? Do you need to be encouraged in this season? Do you need something to help you overcome the fear? New Year's Eve evening, New York City was on guard, the highest number of policemen they'd ever had positioned, waiting because they felt that an enemy could break in and take them out. We have the same kind of concerns in some ways, unless we know we're guarded by his presence. Point B, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isn't this interesting? Again, I see three tiers. Are you there with me? What we need to do is first get in his presence, part B. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is freedom from anxiety. In your presence, there's a download of strength. In your presence, there's the power and the passion of his presence and purpose. If we've got that, then we'll follow C. Do you see the third part of that verse? At your right hands are pleasures forevermore. God says, I'm first going to give you peace that leads to joy. And on the other side of that, I will bring pleasures, the benefits, the benefits of covenant living are going to be yours. And then you will show me the path of life. In other words, thy word shall be a lamp unto my feet. I'll see my next step." and a light to my path, the way will become clearer. Several I'm looking at right now, you've been in places of pressure and struggle, trying to find the dimensions and directions, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, and you have been wise enough not to make it up. It would be better, we would feel better if we had decisive direction now, but The problem is sometimes we decide to go where God is not directing us. So it would be better to learn how to focus on the presence, relate to the person, be led into his pleasure, and then we will find God's fulfilled will and purpose. Don't ask me to repeat that. See. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Has anybody ever experienced the strife of tongues? Or somebody talking about you? (laughs) Or reaching out and trying to hurt you in some way? They may feel justified, and certainly it creates problems for you. I know what that feels like. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion. What I love about this verse is it's really powerful. You shall hide them in the what? Secret place. Secret place implies that everybody doesn't know where this place is. Secret place implies that you can only get there if you know the code, the direction, the key. Come on now. There is a secret place for the people of God that God will reveal to us. There's a special place. It's a spiritual safe house, spiritual safe house that we will have. Are y'all there with me? Yeah, you're just looking at me because you're you're really paying attention. Not that. What is he talking about today? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference in that expression. Hallelujah. So if you're with me, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. How many know that some folk plotting against you? Y'all don't believe that? Anybody think that nobody's plotting against me? I wish to raise your hand. I'm gonna have a prayer for naivete if that is what you really think. There's somebody that doesn't like you. There's somebody that's jealous about you. There's somebody who's got it in for you. And even worse than that, there's an entity. His name is Satan. He is. A enemy of the saints, and he's working against you full time, but he's destined to be frustrated. Verse B or the 31, Psalm 3120 B, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. I love the idea that there's a spiritual pavilion we can enter into, but that's also Tied into as we've been reading this presence, right? Point D, do not cast me away from your presence, O oh Lord. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, this is a psalm of David, but David, I don't believe, was saying, Lord, I don't want you to take your Holy Spirit away from me permanently. The same man said, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. What he's really saying is, Lord, I don't want the absence of your manifest presence and your abiding hand, <coughs> excuse me, or direction in my life. Does that make any sense? I, I, I need that nearness. I need that sense of direction. I need that sense of God with me. I need that interactive dimension of life. I got to have that. And if I don't have that, Lord, you know, you need to kind of put the reset button together. Does that make any sense? So that leads us to point E. Now, these are just scriptures that we could have put more scriptures, but each one of these has meaning. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Look at verse E. It says, be silent in the presence of the Lord. For the day of the Lord is at hand, for the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guests. Zephaniah, a minor prophet. How how many know that in the Lord's work, there are no minor prophets? There there are minor prophets only to the extent that fewer of their words are recorded and fewer of what they went through would seem to be part of our inheritance The major prophets had a whole lot to say and were seen as being pivotal, but this prophetic voice is simply saying in that situation, be silent, reverence the Lord. How many? Of you know, there are many ways to encounter the Lord. We can lift our hands. We can shout, as Pastor Dave talked about earlier. We can clap. We can dance before God. We can celebrate His presence. We are called to enter His presence with the giving of thanks and praise and worship. Amen. But there are times that we need to be aware that we can meet with the manifest presence. That's the point. That's what Zephaniah is telling us. And he says he has invited you and me as guests, or he has invited a generation of people as guests. I'm saying to Hope Christian Church, God is saying in 2016, I am inviting you to seek after me, and I want my presence to be with you. <laughs> Amen. We need to rediscover that presence. Point F. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing from that manifest presence. Times where God does the worry and the the weariness of your labor and your journey and there is a sense that you have been (laughs) renewed, invigorated, refreshed by him and him alone. His presence. Oh, I think this is very important. We alluded to this verse earlier. Gee, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? uh, Point eight, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Point eight, or I rather, in Psalm 97, verse five, hear the word of the Lord. The mountains melt like wax, At the presence of the Lord. The mountains, these are emblematic in the Bible. All the places where you see mountains, mountains speak of problems, mountains speak of insurmountable situations. I've got some mountains, you got some mountains. All God's children got mountains. And if you can see this, What is being declared by the psalmist is that the mountains, yes, even the mountains, melt at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, emphasizing his sovereignty, his omnipotence, his authority over everything that would manifest itself against the revealed will of God. Thank you for listening to the Hope Connection radio broadcast please be sure to visit us for a Sunday service at our sprawling campus located at 6251 Amondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. That's 6251 Amondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. We are saving a seat just for you. For more information or to order the broadcast in its entirety, check us out on the web at hopeconnection.org.